Howdy folks, this is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that in its simplest form is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to... Ah, crap, I got Hubba Bubba in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm liable to. I put it on the left side. I'm a kind of a right leg hiker upper. Promise I won't pee on the podium. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. It was a while back uh, when we were still doing Bible study here on, on Sunday nights. And it, gosh, this is, we probably hadn't been going two months, something like that. And um, there was a fellow that, that called me and um, he, he would come every once in a while. Uh, we'll, we'll call him Judas. Um, and uh, Judas gave me a call and I, you know, it's like, the Bible study started at like 6, and, and this is like 5.30. And I'm getting here, and I'm unlocking the doors, and I'm going to set everything up and do all that good stuff. And uh, he called me, and he said, uh, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready for Bible study. He goes, you're going to have to cancel it. I said, really? Why is that? And he said, well, there's, there's this lady broke down between here and Lyman, closer to Lyman than Kiowa, and you need to come help her out. I said, well, what's the matter with her? He said, no, she's just upset. And I said, is she broke down? No, she's just sitting there. She just had a hard day and everything. I said, well, why, why don't you help her out? And he goes, well, I'm late. I've got an appointment to make. <laughs> and I said, you know, I've got Bible study, right? And he said, yeah, but I told her that I would call you and that you would be on your way because God told me to call you and tell you this is what you were supposed to do. If you could rig up a long yellow hotshot that would work through a cell phone, please get with me because I need that. And so, you know, I was like, what do I do? You know, I mean, if he promised the lady, the lady's sitting there waiting on me halfway to line, and I got people showing up and all of this stuff, and I mean, I was, I didn't know what to do, to be honest with you. So I threw my hands up and I jumped in my truck and, and there we go out towards Lyman. I get to the railroad tracks and I hadn't seen anybody. So I pulled over to turn around and now this wasn't an actual physical conversation, but I'd like to tell you the conversation that I had with God or actually God had with me. I found God in a bar ditch. He was standing there with a sign that said, you're an idiot. And I didn't take too kindly to God calling me an idiot. And so I asked him, well, why am I an idiot? And he said, what are you doing out here? And I said, well, this guy called and, and, and he's like, I know. And I was like, well, then why did you ask? He said, I just wanted to make sure that you're all there. <laughs> he said, what are you supposed to be doing? Bible study. <laughs> well, then why aren't you there doing it? Well, because this guy, he's like, I, I've already heard that. Did you think you were supposed to come out here? I said, no, sir. He said, then why did you? And I said, well, you know, I mean, and he's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. You do what I tell you to do. 
And, I, and he said, get your butt back in the truck and go do what I told you to do. So I turned around and luckily there were no Elbert County uh, police officers. Uh, I made it back relatively quick. I mean, I kicked that truck into about, I think I was running 62 or 63 on the way back. I know, I know. You know, we've been talking about God's plan for our lives for like a month now. I didn't, I didn't really set out to do that for a month, but that's just kind of what God told me to do. And the last thing you want to do is show up, you know, God standing in the bathroom with a sign saying, you're an idiot. So I just kept talking about it till he told me something else. And so we've been talking about God's plan for our lives. And most of it was changing how we viewed God's plan for our lives. It really wasn't that many uh, actual steps that you need to do this today, this today, this today. There wasn't much practicality to it. But uh, you can't do the practical part until you change your mind about how you view God's plan. You know, God's, God's plan for your life isn't a destination, it's a journey. It, the, there, it, the destination is heaven. The destination is not down here. Everybody wants to know what God's plan for their life is, and most of you are living it right now, and you probably don't like it, but it's still part of the plan. I'm going to issue a dare. As a matter of fact, I'm going to double-dog dare y'all to pay attention to the next three Sundays, maybe four, maybe five. I might get through it today, I don't know. But we're going to talk about a practical way to do God's plan for our lives, and what did Jesus Christ Himself say about it? What are we supposed to do? In Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, Jesus is, is a straight shooter. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, I really don't understand the Bible. Well, you know, a lot of times we just make it too hard because what Jesus says is, is just point blank. I mean, you can try to make it complicated, but in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, Jesus himself says, if you want to walk my path, you're going to have to deny yourself. You'll have to take up your cross every day and follow me. If you try to avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. We talked about that last week, didn't we, about, about overturning that desk, that Christianity ain't no desk job, that some of us have parked ourselves behind a spiritual desk and we just want to be told what to do. We don't want to take any chances or anything like that. Jesus says right there, if you try to avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. That's why you're so dadgum tore up inside all the time. Because you are trying to have a spiritual desk job, a Christian desk job, when God called us out to go gather wild cattle. Not sit behind a desk and push a pencil, and I'm talking about spiritually, not physically. If you try to avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. And if you let go of your life and risk everything for my sake, then you will be rescued, healed, made whole, and full. Now, I've got an idiot sign for you if you don't want to be rescued, healed, made whole, and full. This probably isn't the right place for you. There's probably a whiner's convention down the road or something where you can just go cry to each other and pat each other on the back and have a one of those contests where you see who's got it the worst. But if you would like to be rescued, healed, made whole, and full, man, you've come to the right place today to hear God's Word. Luke 9, 23 and 24, if any of you want to walk my path, you're going to have to deny yourself. You'll have to take up your cross every day and follow me. And if you try to avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. If you let go of your life 
life and risk all for my sake, then your life will be rescued, healed, made whole, and full. Now, I would venture to bet that most of your Bibles don't really say those exact words right there. That is a, a new Bible that has come out um, from the Ecclesia Bible Society. It's called The Voice. I love that thing. I really, really love that thing. If you would like to get your own copy, you can go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on General Store, and it'll take you to a link where you can get that. I, read, I try to read mine every day. It just says stuff in ways that I can understand. The charge. Today we're going to start talking about the cowboy charge, and I'm not talking about the whooping and shooting and all of that kind of charge. I'm talking about what does Jesus tell us to do. Because we can't take that whooping and charging and screaming and hollering like Jill at a rodeo. <laughs> oh, there's a few of us that get that. It, that's wild and woolly, let me tell you that. <laughs> Jared's plum tickled now. Um, but we can't lead that charge until we know the charge that Jesus has given us. And what did He tell us to do? Charge can mean to run at something full speed, kind of like Ty and I do after Kathleen's cookies, but, uh, or it can mean to give someone a responsibility, to give them a task to do, tell them what to do. The first cowboy charge or responsibility Jesus gives us is to deny yourself. Now in that verse I said, he, Jesus says it clearly, if any of you want to walk my path, if you, any of you want to ride for my brand, the first thing you got to do, he doesn't say, you got to go to church. He doesn't say, you got to get down on your knees and pray for 24 hours straight. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that you have to, to volunteer and go to some uh, foreign country on a mission to ride for him. The very first thing he says is, if you want to ride for my brand, you must deny yourself. And there's a reason that he put that first. Because most of us have that problem. It's the biggest problem that we have. Everything revolves around what we think, what we believe. And you know what? What you think and what you believe really don't matter. Jesus gives us all the answers. Everybody hold this finger up. Everybody hold this finger up. Put it in your nose. And say, I will not be a sissy and pick the easy things to follow Jesus. My son and Coy are the only one that did it. Rock on, boys. Rock on. But, you know, everybody wants to ride for Christ. They're like, boy, I want to get to heaven, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. you got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Him every day. What? Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> so, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you believe. If Jesus says it, it's the truth. What does it mean? It means you must be a know-it-all. Do we have any know-it-alls in here? And if you turn and look at your wife, you will be in trouble. <laughs> I promise you. But we all need to become know-it-alls. Every single one of us today, when you walk out of there, I want out of that door or this door or this door, or I don't know, however you get out of here, I want you to be a know-it-all whenever you leave. And what I mean by a know-it-all is you must be able to say no to yourself about everything. Does it matter what you think? No. Does it matter how you feel? No. Does it matter what political diversion or conversion or perversion or whatever you want to call it? Does it matter what political road you travel? No. It doesn't. 
Everything you need to believe, everything that you need to do, the road to happiness has been mapped out for us. And we wonder why it's not working for us. Because we pick. Well, I, this part's easy, so I'll do this part, but I'm not going to do this part because I want some shoes. I need a new pair of boots. I have to wear lace-ups today because those Olathe boots fell apart. I need some new boots. So Terry doesn't make fun of me anymore. What it means to be a know-it-all. Three things to remember about saying no to yourself. Denying yourself. I want you to remember three things. That does not mean that you cannot have any fun. Man, I hate Christians like that. I just want to get that hot shot out and just zap those Christians that think that in order to be a good Christian, you got to be miserable. You're not a good Christian. Well, there's no such thing as good Christians or bad Christians. You either believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you don't. How many ways are there to get to heaven? How many ways are there to get to hell? One. A lot of you didn't know that, did you? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you go to heaven. If you deny Christ, you go to hell. Can we deny ourselves? The first thing about saying no to yourself, you, you can still have fun. Jesus never said, you must be, to follow me, you must be miserable. He didn't say that. He said, be joyful. And he's showing us how. The first thing is, you don't have to, you don't have to quit having fun. The second thing is, it doesn't mean that you can't feel good about yourself. Jesus said, love yourself. He loved us so much that He died for us, so why do we have to smack Him in the face by saying that we're no good? Because isn't that what you're doing? He says, you're worth me giving my life for, and you can't even think positive about yourself because you care about what somebody else thinks about you instead of what God says about you. Just because you deny yourself doesn't mean that you can't feel good about yourself. The Bible says that we are, we are Christ's workmanship created through, or we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are the adopted sons, co-heirs with Christ. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, idiot. He's telling us. He shows us the way, but we're so biggie, biggie. Big and small, big and small. We're so busy trying to pick and choose what we, you know, how convenient is that? Well, I don't believe that, so I'm not going to do that part. Well, yeah, you're going to be miserable. The third thing that you have to remember about saying no to yourself, about denying yourself, is that that doesn't mean that you can't have nice things. It doesn't mean you can't go get a pair of shoes. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, it has nothing to do with that denying ourselves has to do with that battle that goes on inside of us because everybody's got those two little angel and everything on each shoulder. You shouldn't do that. You should do that. You shouldn't do that. You should do that. Whatever the case may be. We know what we're supposed to do. Can you do it? Trinity, how old are you? How old is Trinity? Eleven. Even an 11-year-old little girl says, do your best. If an 11-year-old that sits out here and the audience can understand that, why can't we? Do your best. Deny yourself. Because we always want to take the easy way out. Quit being a sissy. Do what God told you to do. So what does it mean? God's opinions should be your opinions. Throw your opinions in the trash and you just focus on what God says. Simple as that. He gives you the answer key. Every, everyone... And this is what God's really working on me about, and I hate it. I've never preached a sermon in my life. I'm just passing along some of the stuff that God is smacking me upside the head with. 
Everyone needs to quit taking things to dad gum personal. You don't have to raise your hand for me to know that every single one of us have a problem with that. Somebody says something and you get all your feathers ruffled and nah, 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 go tell all your friends about it. Quit taking things to personal. Jesus loves you. If God is for us, who can be against us? You can't control what other people say or think or feel. And you're not responsible for what they say or think or feel, so quit worrying about it. Quit getting your feathers in a ruffle. Quit smarting off and mouthing off and everything like that. Just let them go on. If they want to be miserable, why do you want to go jump in there with them? Denying yourself actually means don't take stuff so personal. It's not about you, is it? That's a hard pill to swallow. It was about you when Jesus died on the cross and now it's about Him. But there's another part to being a know-it-all that has some benefits. And I think some of you are going to like this, and I know that every one of you need to work on this in some form or fashion. You get to say no to other people. How many of us would like to say no to someone every once in a while? I would. Why would we want to say no to others? Because one of Satan's favorite tactics is to make Christians so busy that the stuff with just stuff that they become ineffective. You ever thought about that? Satan will throw... If you say yes to everything and you're worried because you're always so busy that you don't have time to do this, you don't have time to spend time with your family, you don't have time to read your Bible, you ain't got time to pray, you ain't got time to have fun, you ain't got time to cuddle with your wife and watch chick flick. I recommend the proposal. <laughs> to the east, to the west. It's a good one. I know who's watched it now. But one of Satan's favorite attacks is to throw people at you because he knows you're not going to say no and you're not going to be able to do what God's called you to do because you're so busy saying yes to everything and thinking that that was God's plan for your life. We've all been idiots in that regard. Five things. Five benefits of saying no to someone else. These are five benefits that you get by saying no to somebody. Number one, it reveals their true intent and level of respect they have for you. Tell somebody no sometimes and see what happens. Boy, they're all mushy-gushy. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Sounds just like Dave, didn't it? Hey, buddy. <laughs> Been working on that. Boy, they're your best friend, right? And then you know it's coming, don't you? Well, what are they going to ask for this time? And you usually do it just so you don't have to listen to it, right? It's easier just to do it and go on. And you know they're going to go talk at the down at the cafe and everything like that. But saying no to someone a lot of times reveals their true intent. Often it will reveal their character too. Think about that the next time somebody tells you no. How do you react to it? Ooh, toes are getting stepped on today. Mine. The second thing, saying no keeps the responsibility on them. See, a lot of people, they, they want your help so that they can blame somebody, right? How many times have we all been through that in the workplace or, or somewhere else? We always want to blame somebody else for something, and the best way to have somebody to blame is to bring somebody alongside you so you can point the finger. Well, quit being the guy, that, the person that's getting the finger pointed at. Just say no. Well, you know, that's what, it's your responsibility. Good luck with that. Number three, saying no allows you to do what God told you to do. It's so what I talked about in the, in, in the story of Judas and the car broke down. God told me to do this. God put him 
right there where the lady was broke down and everything, but he didn't want to help because he was too busy. I call it passing the God buck. Saying no allows you to do what God told you to do. Saying no keeps you from stepping in front of what God told someone else to do. Boy, we'll jump in there and save the day. Well, what if God called this person to do this and they're too scared to do it, so they ask you to do it, you don't feel led to do it, you hadn't prayed about doing it, you just say yes automatically and you jump in there and maybe you do a great job, but you've just robbed that person of a blessing. How's that person going to grow if you're always in the way? Say no. And the fifth thing, and this is the most important, you have to be able to tell yourself no before you can effectively tell somebody else no. Don't get those backwards. Don't pick what Kevin said today and say, Oh, the preacher said I could just tell everybody no. No, the preacher said that you must learn to deny yourself. And when you get a handle on that, then you can start telling other people no. I mean, you can tell people no right now, but you understand what I mean. We've been given the duty of leading the charge to rescue the lost and hurting. It's your job. I'm not going to get in the way of that. God called you here. You are listening to the sound of my voice for a reason. And I don't care how you got here, if somebody coerced you or you happened to stumble on it on the internet or the radio or anything like that. God's talking to you loud and clear. Are you man or woman enough to ride for Christ? Because sissies can't. They fall off. They never make it. We have been given the duty of leading the charge to rescue the lost and hurting, but this isn't a game of Red Rover between God and Satan. This is real, and sometimes we've all been in the situation where we're just playing, you know, heaven and hell like, like little green army men, like it doesn't really mean anything, but it does. It's the realest thing that you will ever endure. But we can't lead this charge. We can't be instruments of God's plan until we take His charge for our lives seriously. If any of you want to be my disciple, if any of you want to ride for my brand, you must deny yourself. You don't have to deny yourself to be saved and go to heaven. Denying yourself is not salvation. You deny yourself because you have been saved and you are going to heaven. Denying yourself is called a fruit of what you believe and the impact that Jesus Christ has had on your life. And if you don't think you can deny yourself, you may need to take a hard look at what you actually believe and who do you think Jesus Christ actually is. I ain't playing. We can laugh and we can joke, but this is serious. Sometimes I have a hard time sleeping and not thinking about those people that are so lost and hurting and the answer is right there. It's like giving water to somebody that's dying of thirst and they refuse to drink it. It's time for us to make a decision. Maybe the decision is to start riding for Christ and truly accept Him as our Lord and Savior. And maybe it's time to quit playing green army men. Start doing what Jesus Christ told us to do. Get serious about it. God was so serious about it that He let His own son be killed on a cross. How serious are you? Hey, before you shut that knob off, let me tell you something. If you like today's program, we can all give a great big thank you to Western LLC. They're a turnkey development for oil and gas and aviation industries. You can get on the internet and visit them at westernllc.com. Also, Jim and Kelly Gerald at Integrity Auto Repair and Rod Denning at Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling. All of them out of Kiowa, Colorado. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. <laughs> okay, maybe every once in a while, but this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need your help to stay on the air and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. It ain't easy to ask, I promise you. We'll even tell all your friends that are listening that it's you that are bringing it to them. Help us out by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and contacting me. Call me and let's get this thing set up. 
Don't leave it to somebody else.